Hey everyone, welcome to Heady Girl Pod, a podcast where sharing what I wish I knew earlier helps us get out of our heads, take up space, and breathe just a little bit easier. I'm your host, Jennifer, and that's what I'll ease. And in this episode, we're talking about talents and vulnerabilities. Okay, guys, we're going to pick up right where we left off. At the end of the last episode, I ended up with saying, why does my brain work in analogies? Well, I know why. But first, like I said before, the disclaimers again for talking assessments. One, it's a vulnerability to share. So if you do assessments, don't feel like you have to share your assessments with others. And two, I'm not talking about putting people in a box. You are your own person. I'm just saying humans can be grouped with similar traits, and that's the exciting part for me to learn. (laughs) Okay, back to my brain. If you've been listening to this podcast for more than, I don't know, five episodes, you can probably tell that my brain thinks and expresses itself in more abstract ways. I can talk in analogies and metaphors all day. It comes very natural to me. I'm not trying to do it. It just comes out of my mouth that way. I actually have a friend I notice does the same thing. So it's weird when I catch us both doing it at the same time in a conversation. Because I'm like, I hope we're talking about the same thing. Because if we haven't used a straightforward sentence in so long, we could be talking about different things. And if somebody came to listen to this conversation right now, they would have no idea what we're saying. So this assessment helped me realize this. Lift and strengths. I'll share the link to purchase the assessment if you're interested. If you're not familiar, Clifton Strengths Assessment has a list of 34 talents, and you take an assessment to get a list of either your top five or all 34 in order. I have all 34, but if you're just starting off, I suggest doing the top five because that's where you want to put your focus on. Most people want to fix their weaknesses or focus on the bottom of the list. But one of the lessons or thoughts of Clifton Strains is focusing on what comes natural to you, what you do very well without even really trying. That's where you will have the most impact in work and life. And you can partner with people who have the skills or talents that you don't have. Why? Because it comes natural to them. So for the sake of this episode, I'm going to only share with you my top five, which are, oh, and by the way, the order matters here because your number one is the thing that comes most natural to you. And then number two, and then so forth. Okay. My top five are with very simple explanations. Number one, input, talent of craving information, collecting and organizing and archiving resources. Number two, intellection, talent of thinking and discussing big topics and big ideas. Number three, connectedness, talent of seeing the connections amongst things and people. Number four, learner, talent of enjoying the process of learning just for the sake of learning. And Talent number five is a talent of feeling the emotions of others, empathy. Um, When I think about my top five strength, 
it's just mostly me being a nerd, <laughs> talking and collecting information about big ideas, big topics, and people's emotions. <laughs> yes, that is me. <laughs> Clifton Strengths also puts each talent in a category of either executing, influencing, relationship building, or strategic thinking. I always give the example, if we were running a cell phone company, the executors would be the people getting the cell phones made. They'd be the ones making all the um, flyers and the marketing materials. They'd be doing all that. The influencers might be the folks, you know, on the street, getting people excited about the product that's coming out soon. They might be knocking on doors. They are the people's people. They are getting people excited about the product, right? The relationship builders might be the person. So after you meet with the influencer person, you meet with a relationship builder, right? So it's kind of like that person brought you in. Now this person is going to help you go deeper into the company and build a relationship with you over time. And then there's strategic thinking. And for me, in that example, that might be the people who have the ideas of what might be possible in the future. They're going to be the ones who are thinking about all the obstacles and how to, you know, prevent them or how to deal with them. So they're probably in the boardroom trying to strategically think about what's coming ahead and how to make the best of it for the company. So that's kind of my example, how I understand executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. Out of my top five, I have three in strategic thinking and two in relationship building. The beauty here is that we have all the strengths, all 34, we all have them. It's just that they don't all come so naturally to us. So again, the top five is going to be the ones that are so natural to you, you don't even realize that you're doing them. Or even more common, you don't even see them as strengths. Either you assume everybody does it that way, or everybody thinks that way, or because they're so easy for you, you don't think it's anything special. For whatever reason, we've become a people that assume if I don't have to struggle with something or work really hard to achieve this personal characteristic, then it isn't worth anything. Like what? <laughs> I like that my brain thinks in abstract analogies and metaphors because I know now that it's my strength. I didn't before. I thought I was the big, how do I say this? I'll say I thought I was a big overcomplicator. <laughs> like I just made things complicated for no reason. But you know what? That's my strategic thinking brain. That's what it does. It's thinking of all the possibilities. And without effort, it's making connections to have intellectual conversations about the learning that I have through input and I'm using empathy to share it. That's all my five strengths in one sentence. <laughs> like what? If I knew this about myself when I was in college or just starting off in my career, I would be unstoppable right now. <laughs> in the way I view myself and the way that I share about my strengths to others, but, because there's always a but, but because I'm a learner and I crave collecting information and resources, I did buy the Clifton Strengths coaching book a few years ago. And something I learned from that, that I did not learn from the assessment itself, for every strength, there is an associated vulnerability or blind spot. So when I talk to people about their strengths, I have to let them know. <laughs> At least I want to let them know. 
your weakness, the thing you can hardly do that may not necessarily be impacting your life as much as the vulnerability to your strength is. For example, my strengths are being in my head, being in intellectual conversations, collecting information, coming up with ideas, and being in the abstract analogy, metaphorical types of spaces. Love it. But with that comes maybe a lack of output, right? So if my number one strength is input, I might struggle with output. Now, if somebody else has input, but they also have a lot of output strengths, that's not going to be a big struggle for them. But all my other strengths have to do also with being in my head, collecting too much information before feeling comfortable enough to act or execute on that information is something that I might struggle with. And I've seen that. Oh, I can't start until I read this book or until I take that class or until I go to that conference or until I learn more about the process or listen to that entire audiobook or that podcast on that topic. The vulnerability of my strength is actually what's going to be my greatest challenge. I remember I used to work with this girl and her strengths were heavier on the executing category, meaning she liked to get things done. So here I am having all these ideas and actually getting, I don't know, if it was jealous or insecure, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was more so insecure. Whenever she would take my idea and she would make it real, like an, a tangible product. Like what, Jennifer? That's a good thing, right? Yes, it is. But I didn't realize that I was feeling that. I really had to sit with myself. Then I realized because my strengths came so easy to me, I assumed it was nothing. I wish I had her strengths. I told her this once and I said it in a better way, of course. But what surprised me was her response. She said, Jennifer, I love meeting with you. I don't have the ideas. I need to hear your ideas so I can know what to create, what to get done. And I kid you not, that changed my whole perspective on this thing about strengths. And it made me appreciate more the strengths thought on partnering with people who don't have the same strengths as you. We're taught when we're young, we have to be able to do it all. We are a superhuman. I mean, even school. Most people grew up feeling like every subject and activity you needed to be an A student in. We carry that thinking into work and life. I need to be good at it all. And what I'm not good at, I need to fix it until I am. But no, I have certain things that come easy to me and you have things that come easy to you. So what if we started to feel more comfortable sharing where we were weak so we can actually help each other in those areas? Not only can I be slower on the executing part, I also realize I can come off overwhelming to others if I'm not careful. That's another vulnerability. See, not everyone is in the heady space like I am or in the strategic thinking bracket like me. For the people that are, I can talk about these things, big things, for hours maybe, or write pages long of emails back and forth to each other about these things. And we're okay with it. But I have to remember, there are many people where it's not their strengths to be in their head. 
So I need less words in my emails or I need to be less abstract or metaphorical and I need to be more concrete and direct. My strength does present that challenge for me. It's easy for me to think in abstract ways and to write all the thoughts and all the words in my head. But for somebody else, if I'm sharing that with them, it might come off overwhelming if that's not their strength. How about you? <laughs> I talked to one person whose strengths were more about connecting and influencing people. Great talent if you're in the business of selling or marketing. Well, his challenge was not coming off like deep relationships weren't important to him. And he was only talking to people to get them to do something for them, right? So remember my analogy with the cell phone company? If the influencer is a person knocking on doors saying, yeah, you need to come and we have a great product. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. They might come off as somebody who's, who's only trying to sell people something, right? Who want something from people and not meaningful conversation or meaningful relationship. So that might be a challenge for that type of strength. Or another person also strengths in executing and getting things done. His challenge was not coming off like the completion of a task or goal wasn't more important than the people involved. Because it can seem like that sometimes to people outside of your head. I love my strengths because there is so much insight and language to why I do things and also why I have a harder time doing other things. But it's so much insight to my relationships with other people and how I might come off as well or why they might come off a certain way to me. When people find out their top five, I tell them it doesn't matter to just know it. It's really an investment of learning how to use it to make it work for you. Just like the last episode on Enneagram, the assessments gives you language on what you need, what you value, and what you can do to add it to your life. What you can do to redesign your life if you want to, in a more authentic way, if it doesn't already feel like that. Being a type four has shaped this podcast, but my top five strengths has also been showing themselves in these podcast episodes. So yeah, that's what I wish I knew earlier. My greatest strength is also my greatest challenge. And hopefully, now you know it sooner. Well, that's it for our episode today. Thanks so much for listening in. Be sure to follow, and if you haven't already, find me on Instagram at Pod to say hi, send in a question, or share something you wish you knew earlier. Until next time, I hope you find many moments to breathe deep and take up space. Bye.